0: I'm excited to be here with all of you guys on the September long weekend. I don't know what you guys have been up to for the September long weekend. Um, I mean, I'm here. Um, But we were gone. Angel and I took some time. We went camping, spent time with her family. And it's always nicer, you know, when you know that you have to leave early, that it's raining, and it's not great weather. So it was like pouring and raining. There was hail, that kind of stuff. And we're like, okay, see you later. We're heading out, Um, but then it's not really that much nicer here, but I'm hoping that you guys are having a good long weekend, whatever it is, restful, spending time with family, friends. Uh, We spend time with family and friends, and now I'm glad to be here, spending time with now our church family and friends. So, Neil mentioned a little bit about the new worship pastor, Randall. This is his first Sunday. So, I don't know where he is, him and Becky, but if they could stand, if they're like in a place that they can stand. Okay, they're right here. So... Thank you very much. You guys did an awesome job. Um, oh, it's standing, fantastic. I hope that the rest of your job is as good as you guys did standing. Um, but I just wanted to get them to stand so that you see their face, um, so you can get to know them. I've talked to Randall a little bit, and I know that his heart is that to get to know you guys. He's got a pastoral heart, and he wants to spend time getting to know you. So if you see him in the hallway, just introduce yourself. I was here once, new, uh, and it's a pretty daunting thing not knowing anybody. So just take the time just to get to to know them. Uh, I guess all we know about him is that he likes Pokemon Go. Right, Randall? Uh, I have no idea. (laughs) All I do know so far is that he doesn't like Detroit Red Wings, because he told me, because I was wearing a hat, and uh, he basically booed me, so I was like, okay, whatever, and that he has a standing desk. You know, like, he works and he stands. So, uh, that's all I know really about him. So go get to know, meet him, get to know more about him. Uh, but I was excited to be here and join in on this, this Pray First sermon series. So we're in week three out of our Pray First series. Uh, and when Matt went up to me and he was like, hey, Colton, do you mind preaching on this? I was like, huh, praying, you know, can you give me something like prayer is one of those things that I think you could add to the list of things I should do more. You know, like, I should probably eat healthier. I should do that more. I should eat less at McDonald's, but I should eat healthy. I should do that more. I should stand at my desk more. You know, that might be a nice thing. There's a list of things that I should do more, and prayer probably tops that list. And I'm like, hey, what are some things that I should probably do more? Prayer is right there. So I was like, Matt, you should probably give me something that I know more about. You know, I like preaching at things that I'm good at. So give me something that I'm good at. And prayer is one of those things that I think, um, it's something that I'm always learning and growing in. It's not one of those things that just comes natural to me. So I just want to share a little bit about what I'm learning, a little bit about my journey. I was like, I don't think I pray that much, but this week I was starting to reflect on the times that I do pray, and I'm like, I'm a youth pastor. I pray all the time. Uh, For example, the first youth event, and this started like right when I started being a youth pastor here at SunWest. My first youth event was this event called the Mystery Bus. So on this, bu- on this event, we, put, we piled people into buses, and we went to event, to event, to event. So kind of like task to task to task, there was teams, and they would gain points. One of these events was uh, a relay race where they would be blindfolded. They would jump through these hoops when somebody's telling them. They're not just doing it randomly. Um, but they would like do this whole, this whole path, and at the end of this relay, they would take the blindfold off, and there's a box sitting in front of them. And in this box, I told them, whatever you grab is what you have to eat, and in this box, we filled up Ziploc bags with, like, some pretty gross, disgusting foods. Uh, and some that were really good. Like, we put, like, I don't know what we all put in there, sardines and anything pickled, really. Uh, all different kinds of spices. We'd mushed up bananas and put spices in there, make it look gross. Uh, and I just told them, whatever you grab, you eat it. So the first kid goes through. First one ever. This is my first, like, 20 minutes of a youth event. And it's going, it looks like it's going great. They're all excited. And the kid, he, like... He like rocks it. He goes through the whole obstacle course. He gets to this box and, and we filled the box up, not just with these baggies of food, but we wanted to, so they can't see what they grab, right? So we put shaving cream on top just so the disguise them. And the first kid goes, grabs a whole handful and just puts it in his mouth. <laughs> That's when I started to pray. <laughs> Like, God, please help him not to get sick. Don't let me get fired. This is the first event. Like, oh, that it goes well. And then he's, like, spitting it out. He's, like, scraping his tongue. uh, And he was good. So I was like, yes, prayer works. Um, And then I explained, like, a little bit better what you're actually supposed to do. Right? You grab the bags and you open them up. Anyways, and then the next thing that happened is they grab this shaving cream, right? They're junior high students. What do you expect? Grab this shaving cream and they start throwing it at each other. And like, I'm like, oh, this is fine. Like, this is fun. They're all having a good time. Until I remembered, we took a bus here. And then I look at the bus driver and their mouth is like, <laughs> I was like, like, just praying again. I'm like, oh, God, just don't let this bus driver disappear on us and not want the kids in here. So I had to go talk to them. And like, that's where the prayer started and it hasn't stopped yet. Uh, when your job consists of taking junior high students all the way to Edmonton for a youth conference. Uh, Alberta, you just pray that you don't lose anybody, that nobody gets hurt. At the end of the day, when you do your count of how many students are there and you're missing five, you're like, oh, like you're just praying. You're constantly praying. And the only thing that really tops that is taking even more students all the way down to Mexico, right? You're praying nonstop. Like, I hope the border crossing goes well. I hope nobody gets stopped. I hope nobody gets sick or nobody gets injured or nobody eats a bad taco and gets sick or I eat a bad taco and get really sick, right? You're just constantly, praying, and that's kind of what my prayer life is based on. My prayer life is really based on, uh, is really based on the situations that come up. Because other than that, I don't really know what to pray for. But when, they, when the situation comes up, I'm like, yes, I know what to pray for. I'm going to pray for that. So maybe some of you are similar to what my prayer life is like, that your prayer life is based on your situations. That maybe some of you guys are, are parents and you see your kid, he's writing on the walls with crayons. And they're just putting holes in things and wrecking things. And you're like, oh, I, don't, I pray that this kid doesn't turn out anything like me. Or maybe some cases, I pray that this kid turns a little bit more like me. Or maybe some of you, in your marriage, you spend time praying. And this is a situation that I have. Maybe not everybody has this situation. Uh, but I say something for my wife to give me a face. And I have no idea what that face means. And I'm like, Jesus, please let me understand what she means by this. And I mean, that's just me. I don't know if that's anybody else here. Uh, It's probably just a personal thing. Um, Or maybe some of you guys pray for your husbands. That sometimes you want a kid and you're praying into that. God, please help me in my marriage in this situation. Maybe some of you guys are just high school students who started school this week. How many of you guys started school this week? Yeah, there's like, okay, just two? That's it? Was, did school start this week? Okay, anyways, that you, maybe you went to the mall and your prayers are based on your situations. You went to the mall, you picked out a brand new nice outfit and you just pray that somebody else isn't wearing the same outfit on the first day of school, where that usually happens. Um, so our prayer life, maybe you guys are like me, where my prayer life is situational, that I only pray when I can really think of when that, like, or think of my needs. That's when I start to pray. Sometimes I'm like, is that good enough? Right? To have a prayer life with Jesus, is it good enough just to pray when the situations come up? My prayer life is like a wish list. Every single year before Christmas or my birthday, my parents would ask, and they still ask, what do you want for Christmas? And when I first asked that question, I'm kind of stunned. I'm like, it's a good question. I don't really know what to answer. I don't really know what I want for Christmas, right, not right off the top of my head. Um, but then I'm working on my car. I'm working on my car, and I'm trying to get at this bolt, and I just can't do it, and I'm getting frustrated. I spent three hours trying to get this one bolt out, and I'm like, you know, it would be really nice a pair of ratchet wrenches, right? And I add that to the wish list. So I go and text my mom, "This is what I need," and I send that her way. Or I'm wearing my favorite pair of jeans which most people have a favorite pair of jeans, and that's usually just like one pair. And you wear them over and over and over again until you get like a hole in the knee. And I rip my jeans and I'm like, I need a new pair of jeans. Text my mom. That's part of the wish list. Soccer just started. Um, English Premier League. Angel loves that I watch it. Um, But every single year they have brand new jerseys. Jerseys look different every single year. And This year, my favorite player got a different number on the back of his jersey. So I'm like, I need a new jersey. Add it to the wish list. And that's similar to what my prayer life is like. Right? When I see things come up, that's when I add it to the list. And I just pray in that situation, in that circumstance. God, please help me in this area. God, I got a big meeting that's coming up. Please help me. Help me what to do. Or God, I really said something dumb. I hope that that person didn't interpret it that way. And that's how my prayer life is like. It's based on the situation. But I thought, what would my prayer life be like if I prayed before I needed something? Or I prayed before, yeah, before I created this wish list? What would my prayer life look like? And there's a verse that Paul says in 1 Timothy 2, verse 1. And this verse says, Um, and I think they're all in your words to live by, either follow along in the Bible, in your Bible, I'm going, and there's also visitor Bibles in the back, so maybe they can walk down with some visitor Bibles that if you want to follow along, I'm jumping from verse to verse this week, but if you want to follow along, now's a great time to follow along, Uh, and I think some of the verses will be popped up on the screen as well, but they're also in your bulletin, so I'm going to start with uh, the Apostle Paul's words in 1 Timothy 2.1, and it says, I urge you, First of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. So when I read this, I was just stopped right at the beginning. It says, I urge you, first of all, pray. Now, I was looking into this, this urge. What does this urge mean? Right? It, doesn't, it doesn't sound like Apostle Paul is saying, yeah, you know what, if you want... It might be a good idea to pray. You know, if you've got time, pray. It's not like this request, like urge brings something more to it, right? An urge is a plea, right? An urge is strong encouragement. Urge creates urgency. So it's not just, yeah, pray if you would like to. It's, we need to be praying. I urge you. I plead, plead you to pray. That's what the Apostle Paul is saying. And where does he get this idea this urgency in prayer, this importance in prayer, this priority of prayer, where does he get this? And I thought, well, Paul followed the, the example of Jesus. He followed the example of Jesus quite well. So what was Jesus's prayer life like? like? How did Jesus pray? What did he pray for? So I started to look into it just to be like, what, when did Jesus pray? So I've got some verses that I would like to read for you. And there's a slide with some of the verses on there. Um, And we're going to start in Mark 1, verse 35. Okay? This This is Jesus' prayer life. This is how he prays. It says, Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. He went out to an isolated place to pray. Right? He got up. He went out. Next, Matthew 14, 23. After sending them home... He went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Right, so the first one, even before day breaks, he's praying. This one, he's praying and day turns into night in the time that he's praying. Another one, in Luke 6, 12, one day soon afterwards, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray and he prayed all night. Luke 11, 1, Jesus went up, No, Jesus was in a certain place praying. As he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And the last one, John 17, 1. After Jesus said this, he looked towards the heaven and prayed. These are just a bunch of examples of how Jesus prayed or when Jesus prayed. It's not so much like breaking into exactly what he said, but it's when did Jesus pray? In these examples, we see Jesus praying before the day starts. We see Jesus praying when day turns to night. We see him praying all night. We see him praying in, in places, right? When he's in that certain place, praying, right? He went to certain places to pray. He was praying all the time. He was praying to his, his father, right? He looked towards the heavens when he prayed. And I started to realize that right, this doesn't sound just like situational prayer. Unless something really important happened in that morning that he needed to get up before that happened to pray, but it just sounds like he is praying more often. He's making prayer a priority in his life. And if that's something we're supposed to learn from Jesus, maybe that's something that we should do as well, making prayer a priority in our life. I didn't understand the importance of having prayer as a priority in my life until I went to to Bible school. I spent four years at a college called Bethany College. And while I was there, I spent lots of time studying, reading, learning, talking to profs, and growing in my faith. I also spent a lot of time uh, goofing off, sleeping in, staying up all night, pranking people, and probably didn't do as much as the first sentence as I originally said I did. Uh, But I spent it was a time where I would grow, where I invested in myself to prepare myself for the job of working at a church for the job of being a pastor, for the job of being a youth pastor. I spent time learning and growing before I did it, that I knew it would be a good, good thing to just learn and grow, but I didn't realize the importance of it really until I started working at a church. And situations would come up where youth would come up to me, and they're like, I've got this question about God. I've been reading my Bible, and I don't really understand this. Colton, my parents are going through a divorce, and I don't know what to do. And in those moments, because I went to Bible school, I don't find that I have to go open up a book and be like, oh, let me find this. Let me help you in a week or so after I study this and I can get back to you. No, I spent the time learning, had the priority of learning so that when the situations came up, I already knew how to answer them without spending the time. I think that's what our prayer life is to be like, right? That we already know the answer because we've prayed for it in advance, I knew the answers and could help out students or people or even coming up here to preach because I learned in advance. I spent time learning in the same way that we spend time praying. I wouldn't want to go to an orthodontist wanting to get my wisdom teeth pulled out uh, with somebody who didn't have a learn first mentality. You know, this is actually my fear. I've signed, I've made like an appointment to get my wisdom teeth pulled and I've actually canceled it. And this is like, this is why. You know, there's always this idea that I would want to go to, the, to an orthodontist who puts, you're, you're sitting in the chair, he puts the mask on for the anesthetic and you're ready to pass out. And as you're ready to pass out, he's like, huh, I've never seen that before. Or this is my first time doing this. And as you're like passing out from the anesthetic, you look over and you see him going on Google and typing how to take out wisdom teeth. You know, like that is the last thing that I would want. I would way rather have an orthodontist or somebody who knows what to do before they get into that situation. And I think our prayer life is something so similar to that. We need to make prayer a priority in our lives. But then I ask, what am I supposed to pray for? How do I make prayer a priority in my life? If I don't know the situation or what situations are going to come up, what am I supposed to pray for? But like the verse says, like a lot of times I find it very easy to, to pray about myself, right? I can pray. I know what's going on in my own life, and I can pray about myself, but this verse actually says that we read in, in Timoth- Thessalonians. Yep, Timothy. Timothy 2.1. It says that we're supposed to pray for other people. But how do I know how to pray for other people, right? That's something that I don't know. I don't even hardly, like I hardly know what to pray for myself. How can I pray for other people, But this implication to pray for other people is is huge. And I think Jesus did it all the time. So how do we know what to pray for? When we don't even have a wish list created or we're waiting for those situations to happen, how do we pray for it first? How do we make prayer a priority in our lives? And I think there's a few things that Jesus had in common with all of his prayers, right? He exampled them. When we learn how to pray, I think we should follow Jesus, right? He's a pretty good guy. He's got some good things going on. We're called that he, to follow him as our example. So what did he pray for? What did he pray about? Right? Jesus prayed so much. He spent time in prayer all the time. His disciples noticed this. They're like, man, he's got a really good prayer life. Jesus, can you teach us how to pray like you pray? And when his disciples asked that, this is the prayer that he started. The Lord's Prayer. Our God Who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. A kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I think no matter how I read this verse, what translation, it always comes back in my head is King James. Uh, Every single time, that's just the way that I learned it. It's just like one of the only verses. Other than that, I really don't understand a lot of what King James is trying to say, the version. But this one, it always comes back that way, the Lord's Prayer. And what does he do in the Lord's Prayer? This is how he teaches people how to pray. This is how he's teaching his disciples how to pray. He says, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. May your will be done on earth. And this one, I think we get pretty confused at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're supposed to pray for God's will to happen. This is how Jesus prayed. This is how we're supposed to pray. We're supposed to pray for God's will. But what is God's will? That just brings up like a whole nother topic. If prayer wasn't difficult enough, what is God's will? will for our life. And as I was looking into it, it's, it's God's like decision. It's God's desire for our lives. His decision and his desire. That's what God's will is. A lot of time when we start a relationship with Jesus, we invite him into our lives, right? I still want to be in control. I still want to be in charge, right? I just want Jesus to take the back seat, I still want to drive where I'm going. I still want to be in control. I still want to do what I want to do. But sometimes when I'm lost, maybe I'm going to ask him for directions. Maybe I'm going to ask him where to go. Other than that, I want to be in complete control. And I think Carrie Underwood had it right when she said Jesus take the wheel. Where Jesus is supposed to take the wheel. Right? He doesn't just want to take the back seat. He wants to take the front seat. He wants to be the one who's driving our lives. That's his will. That's his decision. That's his desire for our life. That that Jesus is the one who is driving our lives. That he's the one who's taking us forward. That it's not just the times when we need him that we ask for him. That we're actually allowing him by praying first to take that priority in our lives. For our hearts to line up with his heart. That's what he's talking about when it's will. The will of God is that God is taking the front seat. That he's driving our lives. That's what the will of God is all about. And again, Jesus understood this so much that there was a time in in his life, actually, the day before he was to be arrested, the day before he was to to be beaten and killed for the forgiveness of our sins. These same sins that separate us from God, that have broken a relationship with God, they distance us from God. He died for the forgiveness of those sins, and he died so that. Death no longer prevails, but that he brings us to eternal life with him. He defeated death and brings us to live with him. And on that night, before this happened, knowing that this was going to be painful, right? Knowing that this was going to be easy. We believe that God was fully human and fully, uh, fully God. We believe that Jesus was fully human and fully God. And in that moment where his human desires are starting to take over and be like, God, I don't want to do this. Right? This is difficult. This is going to be painful. This isn't going to be easy. This is a prayer that he says. He says in Luke 22, 41 and 42. He walked away about a stone throw and knelt down and prayed. Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done and not mine. So Jesus submitted himself fully to the will of God. To the desire of God. He let him take, yeah, he let him drive that life. So what does it look like to have the will of God in our own lives? Growing up, this is what I thought that the will of God was. I would pray for the will of God to be done again in these certain situations and certain uh, circumstances. If it's God's will... Especially, I deal with a lot of high school students, and I mean, I was in high school, some of us were there too, maybe some of you are in the dating world right now, but we would pray, if it's God's will, please let this person like me back. Or if it's God's will, please let me do good on this exam because I didn't study at all. Or if it's God's will, please, and we put this will and we make it personal. We make it about ourselves. But I think there is something more that's going on than just that. So what is the will of God Right, we get it that it's his desires, but what are God's desires for us? So I want to do, I'm going to go through three verses and three points of what God's desires are for us, what God's will is for us. And we're going to all start that off with a verse in Thessalonians 5, 17 to 18. And this is what God's will is for us. Never, it says, in, yeah, never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Jesus. God's will is that we pray more. Crazy. We're praying for God's will so we're basically praying to pray more. What does this praying more look like? We look at, at Jesus' life and the way that he prayed and it seems like he never stopped praying. He never stopped praying. He never stopped praying. And there's lots of times that I struggle to even find things to pray for in the, the immediate moment. So how am I supposed to know and how am I supposed to not stop praying? This verse is, it's quite clear that it says the will is that we don't stop praying. We hear these verses like pray unceasingly. Pray all the time. Pray continuously. What does this look like to pray? I mean, we look at Jesus' life and it looks like he prayed a lot. That he was praying to God all the time. That he was lifting him up. That he was praying. But at the same time, we, we hear things where Jesus was actually teaching. I mean, the guy had to eat I mean, the guy like stopped and had conversation with people and he talked to people. So, I mean, we're asked to pray all the time. So then what does that look like? What does that look like to pray all the time? Especially because we have to stop once in a while. I struggle to pray all the time. So I think what this, what this looks like, and I've looked at it a little bit, is the praying unceasingly or the not or to not stop praying. I took some time to look, like, to look into it this week and be like, what does that actually mean? Because I definitely don't do that. Right? I stop, I don't pray all the time, that I pray once in a while throughout the day. Maybe my prayer life looks like this, that I wake up and I pray uh, for breakfast, lunch, supper, and maybe before bed if I don't fall asleep first. But then what about praying in between that time? That's what I think that it's saying. This not stop praying is what is our prayer life in between our prayers? In between our, like, our verbal prayers? And I think what is going on here, and I was looking at it of just some, some early church history and the ways that they practiced this. They would practice these things that they would learn. So they're learning this from Paul and they're putting it to practice. But what does this look like to pray all the time? And there's these two things that I came up with while I was reading. It was this, the Jesus prayer, this thing called the Jesus prayer, where they would breathe in prayers. Like, as they breathe in, think, like, thank you, God, and like breathe out. It's really hard to practice, um, but they're just breathing all the time, praying. Another one that I, I learned, and I was like, this is fascinating, Right? This is something that we can actually do that I can find achievable is to pray in our breathing. Like as we breathe. I don't know if you guys have ever stopped to think you're always breathing. You know, to stay alive, we're always, we're always breathing. And in that breath and in that moment, it actually can remind us and bring us to the beginning of the Bible. Bring us to Genesis where God was creating humans in his own image. And at one point he breathed life into them. And as we breathe to posture our hearts and to remember that in that breath, that is the same breath that God gave us, that same breath of life that still lives in us now. So even in between our prayers in those moments that we're not praying as we're breathing to posture our hearts, remembering God, that's what it's like to not stop praying to God's will. First thing is pray. The will of God is that we pray more, that we don't stop praying. But is that it? It's still, right? The will of God is that we pray more, but what are we supposed to pray into? And I think we find a little bit of a clue in that when we read Romans 8, 27 and verse 29. It says, And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. With his own desires for us. In verse 29, For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. So God's created desire for us is that we become like his son. The God's will for us is that we become more like Jesus. That is what our created purpose is for, is to become more like Jesus every single day. That's what we need to be praying into. Those quick prayers of, Lord, let me become more like you. Let me become more like Jesus. That's what we're supposed to be praying into. And these, these, this verse can get sometimes confusing for some people. It says, for the Father who knows... And the father who chooses, right? He knew his people in advance and he chooses them, right? And we get this idea and we throw in this word that can be kind of confusing. Sometimes this predestination word in there that God just chooses people for this purpose. He specifically chooses people for this this purpose, but I want to suggest something different. What God's saying here about choosing and knowing is that once you believe once you have belief in him, his purpose, this is when his purpose comes out in our life. It's not as much for salvation as it is for our own growth and relationship with Jesus. Right? He chose us, once we believe, his whole purpose is that we become more like his son every single day. We become more and more like him. And when I think about that, I think that's a pretty daunting task we read verses that it's talking about we're supposed to be like imitators of Christ. We read one that puts a lot of people off Christianity because it seems like it's too big of a task. It says, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. And a lot of times I'm like, I can't do that. That is way too big of a task. I would never want to pray for the will of God because I know that I can't become like Jesus. That is a huge, huge task. I mean, if I were to rely on my own strength and try to become more like Jesus, I mean, I mess up. I screw up all the time. I do things that aren't very Christ-like at all. I find it hard to, to love my enemies. I find it hard to pray always. I find it hard to forgive people sometimes. I don't know if I would ever put my life on the line for the very people who betrayed me, like Jesus does. All of those seem like impossible tasks that I don't know how I would do this, but the only way that we can do it is through prayer. That we can read verses like becoming perfect, like our Heavenly Father is perfect, not as a task, but read it that Jesus is in the process of making us perfect, but only through prayer. The time that we spend with Him, that we can't do this on our own. And when we spend that time praying God's will, that we pray more, that we pray that we become more like Jesus every single day, we find that those situational prayers, that those circumstantial prayers, that they that I also you know how to have the answer for those prayers right the more time that we spend with Jesus the more those situations don't come up because we're handling every single situation like Jesus that we know what to do that our that our want list or that our need list also it starts to shrink because we're praying into that already beforehand because we're praying that we're becoming more like Jesus we're able to handle those difficult situations because Jesus is living in us and he's living in us. He prepares us. We spend time praying beforehand to become like Jesus. He prepares us for those situations in life. Sometimes those difficult ones, sometimes easy ones, whatever it is, he's preparing us. So we've learned so far about what God's will is for our life. God's will is for our life that we pray more, that we make prayer a priority, that we're praying always, continuously. What does that look like? That we're praying to become more like Jesus. The will of God is that we become more more like Jesus. And the third thing that I want to suggest the will of God is, so we pray, we become more like Jesus. And the last one is that God's will is that everybody will get to know him, that everybody will get to know him. It says in John 640, for it is my father's will that all who see the son and believe in him should have eternal life. I will raise them up on the last day. The will of God is that everybody will see the Son. The will of God is that everybody will know Jesus, that everybody will have a relationship with Jesus. That's his heart. We don't have to look very far to find it. There's verses like this right here, and we read through the whole Bible. The whole Bible is about redeeming God's people, redeeming this relationship, bringing people back to him. That's what we need to be praying into. It says that all who see the Son... And I don't think that's just literally see the sun because there's only a small portion of people while Jesus was here. Well, there's a lot of people, but people were, uh, saw Jesus while he had his ministry here on earth. But how do we see Jesus now? I know I've never really seen Jesus. And some people are like, yeah, I've seen Jesus in my dreams and visions. I see Jesus. Some people are like, I see Jesus in my prayer. Like, I feel like I'm talking right to him. Some people are like, I see Jesus when I read my Bible that the words pop right off the page and I can just like see it. And I can visualize it. And that's true. We can see Jesus in those situations. There's ways that we can see Jesus. But what about those who don't have faith? What about those who don't pray? What about those who don't read their Bible? How are they supposed to ever see Jesus? I think the primary way that people see Jesus is through you. Is through me. It's through people. That's the way that people See Jesus so that Jesus lives through us. He lives in us. That's what it's all about. Of how can we bring people to Jesus is by praying the will of God. And they all work together. All, one of these, all three of these points work together. We need to be praying more. What do we pray for? That we become more like Jesus. And we pray into that that people will see that you live a different life and that it will actually bring them to Jesus. That people are seeing Jesus through you. There are some huge implications on that. That it's no longer, God, what do you want for my life? What do you want for my life? But the way that our lives are changed actually affect more people. They affect all people. Those people that you come in contact with. Our prayer life can change the way that we live. Our prayer life can change the way that other people live. Live. Our prayer life can bring people into a relationship with God. That's what happens when we have a priority in prayer. When prayer is our priority, prayer is no longer about the little things in life. It's about the largest thing in life. Eternal life. Our prayer has huge importance. If we look back on the Lord's prayer and what God is saying in the Lord's prayer, he starts it off this way. He says, our father, our father. He doesn't say my father. What he's doing is he's including us into his prayer life. Our father, right? It says in in Romans, that Romans 8 passage that I read earlier, that Jesus is the firstborn among us, right? That he's leading the way. By praying the same prayers as Jesus, saying our Father, not just my Father, we're included in prayers that Jesus prayed so many years ago. We're praying the same heart as Jesus. And Jesus was praying the same heart as what the Israelites have been praying for so long. Our Father. When we learn how to pray from Jesus, when we pray for the will of God, that we're praying into something that's much larger than just ourselves. We're praying into something that has been going on for years, that God is including us in that purpose for all people to get to see his son. When we're all praying the same thing, when we're all praying as a church community, even just as Sun West, if we're all just praying for the same thing, if we make prayer a priority, that we just don't pray in certain situations and circumstances, if we're doing that, not that God doesn't care about those things. He does care about those circumstances. He does care about those small things because we believe in a God who loves you personally and intimately. But if that is only our prayer life, is just those circumstances, are just those little situations when things come up when what we need, then all of us here we're praying different things. We're all praying these personal things. But think about it: if we're all praying into the will of God, that we're praying more, that we're becoming like Jesus so that more people will see God. We're all praying the same thing together. And I think there's power in that. I think there's power when we pray together as a community. So that's part of my challenge for this morning, that we're able to pray the will of God, that we're able to pray like Jesus did, that prayer is a priority, that we're not just praying off a wish list, but we're we're praying beforehand so that whenever circumstances come up, Whenever difficult times come up, that we already know how to answer them, that we already know how to deal with those situations because we have spent time making prayer a priority in our own lives. i want to invite the band up as I just share a quick story with you guys. I want to tell you about a story about my, my own life and the way that I have de- dealt with and deal with anxiety. It was in my third year at Bible college where all of a sudden it hit me. It crippled me to a point where I couldn't even get out of the bed in the morning. That I would just sit in bed and lock the doors and not talk to anybody. And this is completely different than who I usually am. I love people. I love hanging out with people. I love spending time. Before that, this happened in my third year at Bethany. But before that, those two years, my door was always open. Always open to people, but there was something going on that was different. Maybe I just took on too much. I don't know what it was, but, it, but anxiety really revealed itself to me. And I guess I lived with it all my life, but I just never had a name to it. And it was then when I was able to put a name into it. And that's where my prayer life, where I started to pray into it. Whenever I would have a bad day that I couldn't get out of bed in the morning, when I was stuck there, that I would lock the door, that I didn't talk to anybody, that I wouldn't even go to class, I would pray. In those bad situations, I'd be like, Lord, please help me. Make me feel better. Take away these, these knots in my stomach, this sickness that I can actually live. You know, and it was situational. And I was actually preparing for this. I took time, and I look back at my journal writings over that time, and I could just see prayer after prayer after prayer of, Lord, help me in this situation. Lord, be with me in this situation. But when times would come up that were good, When I'd have a good day, I looked through my journal. I never saw once where it said, Lord, thank you for this good day. I only ever prayed in the situation where I felt that I needed God immediately. But it wasn't until my prayer life changed that my idea changed where I said, God, I pray your will in this situation. That things started to change. I started to see God work with this anxiety. Not that he, he took it away, but there's times where he does, which is a miracle in itself. And there's some beautiful things, but I was actually able to say, God, your will be done in this situation. That your will be done with this anxiety, that it's not mine, but that it's, that it's yours. And it was at that moment that I felt like I could actually talk to people about it. That I would open up and I'd be like, hey, I deal with this anxiety. That I had a really rough day last, like yesterday. I'm going through a rough day. And this week, like even just being honest with you guys, that I had some rough days this week as I was preparing for, as I was preparing for this message. But I pray, God, your will be done in this situation. And it wasn't until I was able to pray about that that I was able to share about my experience, my anxiety to other people. I was able to share it with youth. I was just at a camp just a couple weeks ago and I was sharing a little bit about it. And I had people come up to me afterwards and be like, I deal with this too. I always felt that God doesn't love me, that he gave me this anxiety, that, I, that there's something wrong with me. And I was able to teach them about God's characteristics within anxiety and how that works. By changing my prayer from situational to help me in the bad days to, Lord, let me be able to use this. Let your desire, your will be done in this. That I am actually able to teach people about Jesus. Right? And be able to pray more into that situation. Become more like Jesus. And then bring people to Jesus to get to know Jesus through that situation. Because I changed my prayer life from situational to the will of God. That's the way that God can work. Let me pray. God, I want to thank you so much for your your love for us. That even in those difficult times where you wanted uh, to escape, where your human nature came in and you wanted to run away, that you didn't want to have to go through all that pain, all of that suffering, but that your love conquers all. And that you were able to say your will be done, not mine. So God, thank you for doing that for all of us, for breaking that barrier that sin has, that we can walk in a relationship with you. Thanks for guiding us in that, God. And I just want to pray that for all of us here, that we are able to make prayer a priority in our life, that your will be done, not ours, that we pray more, that we become more like you, and that we can bring people to you because we just love like you do that we love so radically like you do, that we become so much like you that people are drawn into a relationship with you just through the way that we behave or enough that it's just drawn out questions that you're able to have discussions. So God, let us become like you that we're able to change the lives of people just because we live so much differently than, than other people around us because we are loving radically like you love us. pray hey, these things in your name. Oh, I find that really beautiful. It's your breath in our lungs. It just reminds me of that breathing. And between our prayers, just remember that it's, it's your breath in our lungs. You are the reason we're able to breathe. You're the reason we're able to pray. And I, I hope what you guys are hearing this morning is not that God doesn't care about our situations or that he doesn't care about these things that come up in our lives and our needs because he does. He cares about us personally. He cares about us intimately. And I know that there's some of those things that come up. And there's some things that are on people's hearts right now. They're like, I need to pray about this, that I need to bring this to God, that I need help. Right? God also says that, that he uses people, that we're a community, that we do this together. And if there's something that's going on in your life, or even something on your heart, that you're like, I need prayer. That I need to pray for this. I'm going to invite you to our, our prayer, to our prayer team. We have a prayer team that, that every Sunday meets right here. On this side of the stage, and we have a prayer team that meets outside, just outside, and we would love to pray with you and for you, and pray for God's will to come through that situation. But I'm I'm hoping this morning that you hear that that we need to be praying, and that our prayers need to be much bigger than just in certain situations that we need to pray into God's will, and when we do, lives are changed. Right? When we pray, it's, prayer is a priority. We become more like Jesus. When we pray that we're more like Jesus, people start to see Jesus in all circumstances through you guys. Right? Those are some prayers that are pretty big and pretty heavy, and those are some things that can change lives. So, as a community, that's what I want to encourage us to do. Let's pray. Let's make prayer our priority. Let's do this more. And I don't know if anybody's like you, but these are some things that have helped me because I struggle with it. I struggle to know when to pray. So these are some things that I've done in my life that have helped me and maybe they would help you as well, just some practical things. Something that helps me in my prayer life, I'm like, I never find time to pray. Life gets too busy. I never find time to pray. I want to challenge you. This is what I've done in my life. Maybe this will work for you. I wake up half an hour, 45 minutes earlier every single day and spend time reading my Bible and praying. So maybe that means setting your alarm earlier because I tried to do it before bed and I would just fall asleep. But that works for me, just setting, making time, making a specific time that this is my time to pray. Another thing that has worked for me is setting alarm. On my phone every single day, setting setting an alarm saying, this is what I'm going to pray, so I stop and I pray. And another thing that works for me, maybe it will work for you, we have a, a, well, there's a mirror in the bathroom and there's a mirror in our bedroom, and I write on it with, with dry erase marker, some prayers, some verses some things that are coming out that just remind me, pray first, pray first. So there's some practical things. I know that looks different for you guys, but I want to make it something that we're actually doing, pray first. So whatever it takes, these three things have helped me, but you guys have a list of things that could help you pray first. Whatever it is, let's do it. Let's be a community that prays first, that prays together for the will of God, that we can see Sun West introduce Jesus to a whole new group of people. So as we close, I just want to practice something that that Matt taught us two weeks ago to use the prayers of other people to learn how to pray, right? Just like scales on a guitar, you need to learn scales before you can play a guitar. We need to pray prayers of, of, of people we look up to or prayers in the Bible to teach us how to pray. So I'm going to put a prayer up on the screen and I want us to be able just to pray it together. So can you guys pray Psalm 4110 with me? Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me forward on firm footing. With that, blessings. Thanks. Have a great week.